on the next episode of Sips, Suds, and Smokes. This is a whiskey episode. Not, not bourbon. Proper whiskey. Good whiskey. Proper whiskey. whiskey. Stop crying. Untie me. <laughs> got some very good stuff here from Gordon and McPhail, the Discovery Series, Glenn Rothy's 11-year. From Gordon and McPhail's Discovery Series, we have the Tormor 13, the Gordon and McPhail Distillery Labels, Linkwood 25-year, Gordon and McPhail Connoisseur's Choice, Cast Strength, Galila 2005, and the Gordon and McPhail Connoisseur's Choice, Bunahaban 1989. We also have from the Last Drop Distillers, we have the Last Drop Signature 50-year blend, and we have from Lagavulin, the Lagavulin Offerman Edition Guinness Cask Finish. We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoke and host, the good old boys. It's sipping time. Yes, it's sipping time again. Hello and welcome to this episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. Not even not even close anymore. Skinamax. Right. Boobies. Boobies everywhere. Right. All kinds of things are better than us now. Porkies is better. I think we have to go to 4 a.m. Well, for the best porkies. thing. Yeah, I mean, porkies. porkies. I mean. Porkies, too. <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't as good as the original. The original, nothing, the original nothing, was far better. Nothing beats the original. You can't yeah, beat the original. We're better. in between Porky's yeah. one and Porky's two. Yeah, far, far, as, far better. As adults, yeah, yeah, we're still teenagers. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This is Made Man Bob, and joining me today are Made Man Brent. Um, will you guys promise to untie me after the show? <laughs> You literally paid us to tie you up. Oh, that was different then. Only made, if you put your pants back yeah. on. It was a little creepy when you asked for the body oil, but I'm just saying. And Made Man Maury. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for having me in the basement today. Put the whip down. It's too much for him right now. And good old boy, Justin. Good morning. Such a pleasure to be here, to be anywhere. <laughs> to it's, be or not, not to, to be. be. Yeah. That is the question. To be here or to be anywhere. <laughs> that is the question. Yes, I don't know. He's easily satisfied, I guess. And good old boy, Harmeet. Pleasure to be here, Mr. Bob. You're welcome. That's <laughs> brutal master to you. <laughs> uh, our sip say is right in the toilet. When it was this? Uh, uh, two minutes, 38, straight in the toilet. <laughs> That's a new record. Our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, coffee, and anything else that you can drink. And this is a whiskey episode. Not, not bourbon. Proper whiskey. Good whiskey. Proper whiskey. whiskey. Stop crying. 
untimey. <laughs> if you don't stop crying, Brutal Master is going to have to punish That's you. Right. Okay. Where's the car battery, Bob? I'll fix them. What if I glorify one of these? <laughs> I don't want to hear true. that. It's true. <laughs> we've got a surprise later in the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, today we've got a, an interesting panel of whiskeys. We've got some very good stuff here from Gordon and McPhail, the Discovery Series, Glen Rothy's 11 year. From Gordon and McPhail's Discovery Series, we have the Tormor 13, the Gordon and McPhail Distillery Labels, Linkwood 25 year. Gordon and McPhail Connoisseur's Choice Cast Strength Galila 2005 and the Gordon and McPhail Connoisseur's Choice Bunahaban 1989. And joining us with that, we also have from the Last Drop Distillers, we have the Last Drop Signature 50-Year Blend. And we have from Lagavulin, the Lagavulin Offerman Edition Guinness Cask Finish. 50-Year Blend. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Meaning the youngest in it's there 50 is fifty years, years old. So that's yeah, a, that's that's pretty amazing when you think about it. Just, Last I mean, drop just even, does not mess around. Just even thinking about it is yeah. crazy. They don't mess around. So their first release about 10, 15 years ago was from barrels they found that predated World War II. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have uh, Justin tell us all about our sips ratings and see what kind of horrible uh, voice he's gonna do it in today. Today it's good to be groundskeeper Willie for all you guys. No, God, stop. Uh, One sip. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. I just, I can't. I just. That's sarcasm? No, sir. Oh, good. Because your opinion matters. And since you seem unclear on the concept, that was sarcasm. Uh, Okay. Two seeps. Nice, but what else do you have? I think Groundskeeper Willie's on drugs. Well, isn't that nice? <laughs> Somebody's roofied him. I, I, yeah. He dipped into the log of woolen. Mm. <laughs> Three seeps. Mm, interesting. What was this again? He sounded a little bit like the guy in the tree that sells cookies for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the, the guy from elf. What We Do in the Dark. Or was it, no, 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 I think it was more the guy from Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> You're always after me, Lucky Charms. <laughs> Four seeps. Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. <sighs> oh, Jesus. To whoever it is that does the groundskeeper Willie voice on The Simpsons, my most sincere apologies and understand that this was not sanctioned by me. Can I leave now before the last one? I believe Apu is less offensive. Yes. Five seeps. Oh my, I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness. Yes. 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 Out of that, I can only say. Hold your tongue, you smug little pustule. Ah, oh, dear Lord. I don't know if I can go on after that, but. <laughs> All right, so we're going to have Harm tell us a little bit about independent bottlers Gordon and McPhail. Thank you, Bob, you smug little pustule. I like to think of myself that way. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Over the years, we have discussed many independent bottlers of scotch. Gordon and McPhail is one of the preeminent independent bottlers in the world. They were established as a grocery business in 1895 in the heart of Scotland's Speyside region. In addition to groceries, the founders James Gordon and John Alexander McPhail purchased and aged varied stocks of whiskeys from the Speyside's many single malt uh, 
distillers. It was in these early years that a young John Urquhart joined the business to serve as an apprentice under the two founding partners. Urquhart quickly established himself as a valuable associate in selecting and purchasing and maturing these whiskeys from local distilleries. John also assisted with the creation of house blends for the shop's customers across the Speyside area. John became a senior partner and the sole owner of the firm in 1915. Over his long career, John Urquhart developed his skills as a master of malt whiskey maturation, building an impressive portfolio of maturing whiskey casks, and was able to pass on his deep knowledge and passion for single malt scotch whiskeys to his family. John's son, George Urquhart, joined the business, joined the business in 1933. Through carefully nurtured relationships as with the local single malt distillers and a deep understanding of the spirit, they produced John and George Urquhart were able to focus on the importance of maturation. So uh, with large whiskey stocks built over many years, George and uh, Gordon McPhail were able to survive the ravages of the Second World War. And due to George's foresight in filling large amounts of casts in the 1930s and 1940s, they had healthy stocks when peace was finally declared in 1945. Just as his father had introduced him to the firm, so George brought his own children. His eldest son, Ian, joined in 1967 and followed by David in 1972, Michael and Rosemary in 1981. In 2000, the firm welcomed its first member of the fourth generation of the family business, Stephen Ranking, John Urquhart's great-grandson. He was joined by Ian Urquhart's sons, Neil in 2002 and Stuart in 2008 and Richard in 2009. In 1993, the family created a long-held dream of owning their own family distillery when Gordon McPhail purchased Benromuk Distillery in 1993. After five years of careful and deliberate re-equipping, the Benromuk Distillery was officially reopened by His Royal Highness Prince Charles in 1998 and continues to operate to this day. So I love what they've been doing by Ben Romack, by the way. These guys are making amazing whiskeys. So let's get, with all that stuff, let's get to our first whiskey. Our first whiskey today is the Gordon McPhail Discovery Series, Glenrothy's 11-year-old, 43% ABV or 86 proof, ex-sherry cask. The color is a deep amber, and the nose is just beautiful buttery apples and Seville oranges, cinnamon, a Tons of cinnamon with air, but officially, originally it was just uh, clove, stewed red berries, a lot of cherry, and mm, something creamy underneath that. The palate is definitely creamy. Um, good forest fruit, spices, orange marmalade, a little cracked black pepper. Um, I get some nuts. I'm not sure what they are, like hazelnut or walnut. And the finish is medium, and it's very pleasant, nutty as hell. Really great whiskey. I was very impressed. What do you think, Bob? Well, I think this is an excellent example of a Glenrothy's, and honestly, I think it's probably better than a lot of the ones I've had from Glenrothy's. I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. You're absolutely right. Most Glenrothy's are now. That being said, I've had some older. Uh, Glen Rothy's, you know, than the regular main line, and man, they they've got some stunning stuff there. But um, I, I I haven't I don't think I've come across what is this good. This is an eleven year. But this one is you know fantastic, and again, it's I get oranges and I get the clove spice on the nose, and I get a little bit of milk chocolate. It's it's got a what creamy is that nose. creaminess. What is that? That's, I don't know. It's like a 
so yummy. It's like a malted milkshake or something. It's like milk duds. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like milk duds. That chocolatey, caramelly, malty kind of. But it's got a beautiful nose on the palate. Mm. It's just as creamy on the palate. It's got a nice mouthfeel to it. It's got a little bit of a little bit of oiliness to it. Coats the teeth and the tongue very, very well. Um, I'm getting some black pepper on it. I get some orange, and and I I'm with you. I get I, I get a nuttiness to it. I just can't put my finger on what it is. I don't think it's walnut. I think it's more. Speaking of people who can put their fingers on nuts, maybe yeah. Maury should join in. Well, wow. thank you for that introduction. That's a good the urologist here. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for that introduction. Uh, honestly, you guys are spot on. I think the milk duds really sums it up in two words: milk duds, uh, especially on the palate and the finish. It's uh, it's really lovely. It's very enjoyable. It's not the world's most interesting whiskey, and I agree with you, Bob. I mean, some of the Glenrothies we've had, we've been fortunate to drink some really old stuff, and those really old, special, magical bottles have been wonderful. And, and not saying anything bad about their main wine. Their main no. wine is perfectly fine, but, but, but this, you know, this like to the main yeah. line, this yeah. is a step up from yeah. the main line. Yeah. And this just goes to show that the independent bottlers, in many cases, are yeah. not simply sometimes just bottling. Sometimes they do better. They do. We'll be back. Hey, and we're back, and we're discussing some lovely whiskey from Gordon and McPhail. It's the uh, Gordon and McPhail Discovery Series, Glenrothy's 11 year. What do you think, Brent? This reminded me of Christmas. And the reason I say that is because every year we would get one of those orange chocolates, and it's kind of like biting into one of those orange chocolates because you get the creaminess and the orange, and it just kind of coats your mouth like that. And it's actually... But the thing is, the orange is not that pronounced on this. Well, no, chocolate. Not, not at as, all. Not as pronounced, not as pronounced, but it still it resembles there. that. It is there. It's there. I resemble that remark. It is there, though. You know, that, that orange is there. It's not like a, like a Dalmore orange, like a like straw and orange like that. But this yeah. is, No, it's not, it's, it's not that much, but it's right, definitely right. there. But it's there, you know, and you get that creaminess of the chocolate. Mm, so it's sure. like, a, like a milk chocolate with a little bit of orange to it, and, and that follows through. And on the palate, you get just a tad bit of spice to it. When you say nuttiness, um, yeah, walnuts is not it, but it's... Um, it's there. Like, I just can't yeah, pick which one it is. I know. Yeah. It's like a... Like a Pecan almond kind of nut. Not peanut. It's not walnut. Well, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. I'm saying it's not walnut because walnut, like the skins have that bitterness to them, right. but it doesn't, doesn't have, have that. that bitterness. So, like, it. if you, you know, if you take the skin off of a walnut, it could even be that. It's just, it's, it's hard, you know, it's just general nuttiness overall. Yeah. It's quite good. Yeah. It's Justin? quite good. I thought it definitely had a milk dud base, but for me, the orange was pretty pronounced and these flavors were really, Large, and for yeah, an this eleven years, this year is not spirit, a shy whiskey. Can't believe it's it was eleven. Big and bold and beautiful. Well, we're going to be rating the Gordon McPhail Discovery Series Glenrothy's eleven year a solid three sips. Interesting. I think it deserves better, Bob. Me too, but you know we're surrounded we, we by heathen people. Yeah. You, have, you have us mutants speaking on the of, other speaking side. Speaking of mutants, Brent, what do you think about the next one? That's not Murray. That's more. Oh, more. Oh, more. Yeah, we're gonna have more. Well, tell us about that yeah. one. Thanks I'll, for your help. I'll, I'll accept the uh, <laughs> title and the challenge. Well, I, uh, I went with mutant. Our next whiskey. Are you me? Our next whiskey is the Gordon McPhail Discovery Series Tormor, thirteen year, forty three percent ABV or eighty six proof. Aged in ex-bourbon casks. 
So this whiskey has a very, very light, pale yellow color to it. Um, it's, it's, it's particularly dramatic when compared to some of the surrounding whiskeys where it's it's almost much, much lighter. Much, much lighter. Uh, yes, straw colored. Uh, on the nose, a lot of tropical notes. Definitely some pineapple, grapefruit, coconut. Even a hint of lime. Perhaps. I don't have the lime. On the palate, it's a lighter whiskey. So we've really taken a step toward the lighter side. It's creamy. There's some sweetness. There's vanilla. It's got a velvety milk chocolate and some baked apple. Uh, it's nicely balanced. It's a really nice, delicate whiskey. It's, I hesitate to call it entry level, but I would say less complex than some of the things we've had before. There's no flaws. It's well made. It's very, very pleasant and easy drinking. I think you could drink this all day. You know, you don't want to say Finish something is, short. is manly or feminine or something like that, you know, but why not? But why not? Well, this is kind of like that, like the, a more feminine, gentle, yeah. uh, you know, 100%. scotch. I mean, it's, there's, there's nothing wrong with it and it's just light and airy, uh, something you could just sit down, you know, maybe throw like a, like a lemon slice or something like that in with an ice cube and, and sip it by the, sip it by the pool or something like that. You would really enjoy. You could read that. a book and sip it all day for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's it's that kind of. It's very not that. Pleasant. It's not that hits you in your face kind of, uh, you know, kind of thing. It's uh, it's very very delicate. It's more delicate, is what I'd like to say. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jason? It really reminded me of uh, tequila Cuervo Gold, but if they made a nicer. <laughs> I mean, where's my, I mean where's my Glock? <laughs> I gotta take care of this. Here, take mine. <laughs> like Lord. a premium version of that spirit. Oh, stop. Oh, my God. Where, where <laughs> did you find him? I don't know. It's like 15,000 miles away on the other side of the earth in a completely dim- different hemisphere made with an entirely okay, different I, product. I, so, But it's exactly Jose the same. Cuervo makes <laughs> two higher ends than the one he's talking about. And they are nothing like this. This is, oh, God. It's it's look, I understand the color throwing you off. It's a it's a straw. It's the it's, color it's, will throw most people off. I mean, you, don't, you can't drink color. Not scotch drinkers. Well, right. You can't drink color, but you're thinking yeah, non scotch drinkers. Yeah. Knuckleheads, yeah. Yeah. Justin. But I maybe I maybe the tropical notes is where he's going. I can see this. I, I have at least Why 10. am I agreeing with you, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking myself into agreeing with him. The tropical notes. Maybe may make you think of tequila, but it's not tequila. It's definitely whiskey. It's pineapple and grapefruit. Uh, I'm not debating. It's Hints not actually whiskey. Coconut. It's whiskey. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's give it a rating and move on because he's upset <laughs> me. He's upset me. <laughs> I swear. <sighs> well, you two are special. We're going to rate the Gordon and McPhail Discovery Series Tormor 13-year well-deserved three sips. So if Mr. Tequila down there can focus long enough, we're going to have him talk about the next whiskey. Our next expression is Gordon and McPhail Distilleries Labels Liquid. Thank you. It's been nice hearing from you today, Justin. (laughs) 25 years old. It's 43% alcohol by volume, and it's 86 proof. Made from first fill and refill sherry casks. So on this one, I got... Little hints of baked apple, some stewed raisin, cinnamon, and just a touch of black licorice, little bits of floral notes. On the palate, 
It was sweet, a little spicy. There's some prunes or raisins or something in between the two with a little bit of pepper. And um, tasted a lot like potpourri, but in a good way. What did you think? Trying to figure out how he knows what potpourri tastes you in know any what? way. Because <laughs> he chews it. It's not red man. I've actually uh, been that drunk guy who like tastes the potpourri. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah, no, we're not surprised. No, that's not, sorry. Not surprised. <laughs> Taste at the potpourri, kids. Taste the potpourri. Yeah. I it's it's a beautiful, deep, rich color. I've had the liquid fifteen from these guys, Gordon McPhail, and I love their fifteen. This is the fifteen on steroids. There's much more sherry here. It's huge, huge apple and cinnamon and rate. He said between raisins and what. Prunes, uh, prunes, like yeah. In between, yeah, but the right. sherry, it's is. sherry turned up to eleven. Yeah, I really exactly. think it's a sherry bomb. Yeah, no, yeah. Maury's right. This is a sherry bomb, and the fifteen I thought was an amazing example. I don't know that I like the twenty-five better, but this is something different and unique. It's quite good. It's over the top with the uh, the sherry notes, uh, but. Still, that you can taste the underlying whiskey. I mean, it's not. Yes, I take that back. It's not over the top. It's a well balanced blend of this. It's a, it's great sherry with wonderful, uh, you know, malt notes underneath. I get black currant and cherries. It's it's and it's got a super long finish. Brent, what do you think? I completely disagree. <laughs> of course, I think that this one was. I think this one they took it too far. I think it was was just a little bit too long in the barrel. The the age on it it's I get a little because I get a little bit of bitterness from the raisins and the and the plums on it and with the As sherry you get notes from the oak. That's too much oak is what you think. Yeah. But I mean it's uh I just think this one I think they needed to tone it down just a little bit. When you well, were talking about the 25 year, years old. It's it's yeah, been a long, long time in the wood. And that and I think exactly and that's what I think why I think this so is... So Brad says you guys should have bottled it at 24 years. Well, yeah, maybe a little bit less. You know, I think maybe they maybe just went a little bit over. 15 liquid is one of the best liquids I've ever had in my life. Right. So I... If you could ever find it. Exactly. A liquid is not exactly. one that you see very often. Um, I'm not sure where the majority of their but, stocks go, but I would assume it goes to blending. They're from blending. But the nose yeah. on this is so, so promising. You know, but once you get to the palate, that's when you get that little bit of the overpowering sherry which you say is well balanced and i think it's a little bit overpowering well, you know i, I you did say the, over over the top at first but then yeah but i get i think they've, they've got enough malt to, to balance it but you think it's too much huh yeah i think it's too much yeah, for I me think, i think your inexperience is showing i think so put too. your pants back on yeah i think so too. <laughs> pants on go sit in the corner get the car battery we'll fix them yeah, let's we'll just be them. nice about this you're wrong okay <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, why would you be nice yeah. ever? That would no. be out of character. <laughs> I'm not going to be nice to heck with you. No, it's fantastic. I mean, I love this thing. Uh, it's it's just, it's so rich, the it's, sherry it, on that's it. That's the right That's the right adjective. It's rich. Mm -hmm. It is rich. It's, it's, it's kind of rich. I can't, I can't believe it's cheap for a 25-year-old link. It's, it's, it's rich. It's it? unctuous. I have no idea. It's, well. it's absolutely fabulous. Um but we've got more to whiskeys to talk about, so we're going to be rating the uh, Gordon McPhail Distillery Labels Linkwood 25-year, a well-deserved four sips. That's classified. 
really four and a half. Just four. No. Bob, do the next one. Just do it. Some, move on, Bob. Some, move on. Some derelict over here <sighs> doesn't understand it. Oh, so. God. If you don't, All right. Well, our yeah. next whiskey is going to be the Gordon McPhail Connoisseur's Choice Cast Strength Kalila 2005. It's 55.6% AB and 111.2 proof. It's a refill Sherry Hogshead. And this is everything that you want a Kalila to be. I mean, it's just... The, one of the best clothes I've ever had. It's just the perfect package. It's... Oh, smoke. Smoke meats. We couldn't figure out with smoked salami or smoked uh, bacon. Smoked I'm think, bacon. I'm thinking like Montreal smoked meat. That's what I'm thinking. Smoked What's bacon. Montreal smoked meat. Oh. You lived in Canada. I lived in Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, that ain't Canada. <laughs> no, I lived in the Midwest. Montreal yeah. is where the Frenchies live. Pears, a little bit of licorice. Mm. And on the palate, it's everything, again, it's everything you want a Khalil to be. It's, it's got that, that salinity, that sea note to it. Um, it's got just that little bit of smoky ash. You can taste the oak in it. And this one's got just a little bit of spice on the front palate. Actually, it's got a little bit of sweetness around the front palate. And the, uh, you know, and the my, teeth. One of my favorite things about Kalila is, is like, I like to describe as putting a, a marshmallow in the fire for too long and it just turns black and yeah. you eat it anyway yeah. when it cools down. And that's, that's exactly Kalila. what it is. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, this is, this is, this is one of the better Kalilas I've ever had. So what do you think, Arm? I just said it, dude. Some marshmallow in the fire. Too long. I want this. Okay, so we're you done said with you. Every, no, dude, yeah, you but, said everything. You hit all the yeah, notes. I'm going to hit. Not everybody wants that marshmallow burnt to a crisp. And yeah. I, and, and you let it cool down. You put it in your mouth anyway. Every, Bob, everything is good. man. Everything is good about this, and I and I really do like this one a lot. And the smoked meat? Except for, except, except. except for that smoky ash on the palate oh, is God. kind of, is, is something that doesn't appeal to me. And I understand where you're coming from with that, but you say this that burnt marshmallow, and that's what it is—a burnt marshmallow. But you have that smoky ash that you just don't want to taste. So you want that marshmallow to be um, toasted. You, know, you want a toasted I want marshmallow, a toasted marshmallow like instead a wimp? of a burnt marshmallow. Go go back to your Girl but, Scout thing, Bro- you know? Bob. Brent, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what making s'mores. This, yeah. this is a very this is very nice. Don't get me wrong, because it's. I enjoy this one, except for that little at the end. I get that ash, that ash, which it's is not something that I dry. really like. It's, it's a dry ash. ash. Your nose is growing. You're not enjoying this. Your a, nose is growing. A dry ash that I don't really, that I'm not, I don't really enjoy that much. But I would like to say that I think you were right when it came out of the bottle. It was like licking an ashtray. It was very heavily ash. It was all I got was ash, ash, ash. Who let the sissies in the room? But as it's <laughs> as it's evolved in the glass, it's now been well over an hour in yeah, the glass. Right. A lot of that. A lot of it's blown, blown away. Off. It's blown off. Yeah, and you a can lot get of it is blown of off. Yes. It's still a very peaty, smoky whiskey for not for the faint of heart, but it's definitely improved from when we poured it. I'm so in love with this. Justin, what do you think? I agree with both Harmeet and Maury. Woo! We don't agree. (laughs) The longer it stayed in the glass, the sweeter it got, the more notes that came out. Yeah, in the beginning, it was a cigar ashtray. It was undrinkable. But give it an hour, and it was good. Okay, so on the label, I love these Gordon McPhail labels, too. They tell you they tell you the distillation date, the bottling date. There's only 327 bottles of this per particular barrel, and they say vanilla, followed by maple, bacon, and charred oak. 
and sea salt. I didn't even see this label till this next. Great, great description. Let me say it here, though. If you look on the back, right down here, below the government warning, do not give to wimps. <laughs> so that's where it all went awry you know it's you know see right here do not give to whims just give me the bottle back so we can pour for manly place. men only i'm just yeah. saying i said everything was great about it except for the very the, on the finish of it i got well, that ash well i understand you know no, but at the beginning it was style. ash up front right it was ash, ash up front but it's ash oh, and more ash. ash yeah it's nothing just, wrong with a big ash from time to time i love big ash and i cannot lie <laughs> <laughs> Right in the gutter. It's the big sherry butts. All right. So, <laughs> oh, you guys, really? <laughs> we're going to be giving the Gordon McPhail Connoisseur's Choice Cast Strength Gorilla 2005 a well deserved four sips. Five. Yeah. Quattro, quattro. This is oh. what happens when we let them in the house. Hey, you have to deal All with right. It. So, Brent, we're going to let you do the next one. Aren't you guys happy about that? So this I, is. I'm a, glad Brent is doing a good scotch. Right? So this is a Gordon <laughs> McPhail Connoisseur's Choice, Bruna Haben, 1989. Bruna Haben. Bruna. There's no R there. Bruna Haben. Yeah, that too. Both of those. <laughs> 1989, 46% ABV, 92 proof. This is a refill American Hogshead, and the color of this is a. It's a nice straw. It's like a light straw color. This is not a light straw. That's some pale gold. Well, it's still a straw pale color. Gold. This one here, you got a beautiful nose. You just got this this peach and the pears and vanilla and it's just it's just gorgeous. Beautiful, isn't it? Oh, it is. Oh, I, oh, I mean, gorgeous. oh my god. Mm. The uh, on the palate, mm. yummy. It's just creaminess on the palate. I mean. Wow, that's just creamy. That's just this is coming little, from a bourbon geek. Yeah, but you get oh. that. You, I mean, you, I mean, I still get that peach on there. I get a little bit of the pear is not as prominent as the peach on it, but I get some uh, you know, toasted oak, like a warm, just a warmness to it. That that malt on there, um, a little bit of banana develops on it. Um, gosh, you get a little bit of a just a hint of, of milk chocolate. It comes out on the end more. Yeah, right. The milk chocolate's on the finish, but this is just—you know—if you're—if you're a bourbon drinker, you're gonna like this one. This is one that's gonna be for you. This one's—this was kind of what you want in a scotch when you're looking for something. You know. Well, it's this is not gonna be an easy one to get. Uh well, it's—I don't—I <laughs> believe it's not gonna be easy, but I mean, it—it it is really nice. I mean, that, maybe the that's the reason why. You know, Maury, what do you think? Well, I agree with you. Uh, what's been said, I think that this is a really special whiskey. Um, I think Bunahabin's done a great job. I find these independent bottled casts of Bunahabin to be, again, special. Yeah, um, we had a Bunahabin on a, on a show before, and it just didn't impress me as much as this one at no, all. No, this is better. I, I think I if I could blanket uh, make a blanket statement i would say gordon mcphail as an independent bottler is one of the best i think they've done a spectacular job i do believe that this particular expression of their bunahaben is better than that way that we've had from other independent bottlers um and this whiskey is just very special i can't disagree with anything that's been said it's except 20 to say that year it's, old 1989 vintage yeah it's freaking awesome it's awesome yeah. i mean this is just a this it's a car payment if not more you know, okay, it's not well, it's not for the faint of heart. 
There's no question. I'm not sure what year it was bottled, uh, Harm, but it's it's uh, every bit of 32 years old now, and uh, I think it was bottled around 28. It says it says 28 year old 1989. Yeah, so, so it was bottled at 28. Uh, I loved it. I thought I mean, it was fabulous. This I can't find any. I can't find any fault with this one. Really, it's beautiful. But would you pay? Retail? No, well, he would never buy one. I don't Justin, know. Justin, would you buy one? Buy one Justin? Well, it depends on whether you know it's the kind of bottle you buy when your kid turns twenty-one for them to share. So you either like pay for college with it or drink this. I'd drink this. Your parents would have never spent this on you. No. Hey, and we're back, and we were discussing the. Bunahaba 1989 from Gordon and McPhail. The 28-year-old, one of 636 bottles. And uh, Justin was basically saying that this is something you buy for your kid once they hit a certain age, and we were right. pointing out the fact that your parents would never spend this money on you. That's correct. <laughs> so, yeah. No, they when, probably wouldn't. When Justin graduated law school, he got a, a six-pack of uh, Schlitz and... Uh, well, that well, was Bush beer, sir. It I was, was thinking PBR for Justin. It was Bush, a six Bush pack, beer. but originally, but you know, two of them were already missing. So, <laughs> you know, well, that's true. You know, so I mean, studying that, for the bar was hard. They only like him that much, you know. When you show up to the party with a twelve pack of PBR, you've drank two on the way home, on the way there already. Yeah, that's good. That's class. That's true class. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> very class. <laughs> now, but this is. This is a, I mean, I, I love Bunahabin anyway, but this is a really fabulous cask of Bunahabin. And it's, mm. oh, it just hits all the notes. This is literally one of the best Bunahabins I've ever had in my life. This is something special. And I've had some know? in the $1,000, $2,000, yeah. actually $3,000 range. Jesus. These are, and I'm sure this is nowhere near that expensive because it's a, because it is a private baller. But these are the kind of things you need to go out of your way to get. Yeah. This is one of those ones that, like, hey, I might want to reach out and try to find something like this, you know. So if I was going to have a Scotch bottle in my collection, besides the one I already have, it's just I might add this. Yeah, one. the ones it's that just you fabulous. unfriended somebody for. Yeah, uh, I mean it's peaches and pears and, and and lots of different kinds of stone fruit and and I don't I don't pick up a scent of lime. It's more of a you know that sort of like cool sort of burn when you smell fresh lime juice in your nose. Not so yeah. much the limes itself, but that that sensation i get that in the tip of the nose i think that's what they're justin's internet search said 300 retail on this bottle that's no way that can't be right no i mean 276 i think you guys would be shocked that the um, i've had i've had bunahabin in the thousands of dollars that aren't any better than this this in the thousands well it's nutty. It's got some spice to it. It's creamy. Yeah, that the Gordon McPhail hit it's it out of the park. Sweet, kind of right? This one's got liquid, great one malt hundred, notes yeah. to it. I mean, it's Galilla, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's got some tropical fruit. It's got a creamy, almost like a hot cocoa, milk chocolatey uh, smoothness to it. It's yeah. This this cask is absolutely just fantastic. So this is one of the samples of scotches that I'm actually going to finish. Yeah. You know, when I pour them, I'm going to finish this one. So that yeah. tells you something. Yeah. You no, know, this is this. If you can find it, it's hard to find, but it's well worth its uh, its retail price. You'll pay substantially less than if you had to buy this. From well, the that's typical Gordon McPhail. You're going to be paying a lot less for something. You know. That, and again, remember, <laughs> where, where if you, you bought you it directly on, from the distiller, it would be four times their, as much. The 25 yeah. year old from Bunahaben Direct is uh, many, many times more expensive. Yeah, the, the, it used to be a $500 bottle. Now it's like a couple grand, I think. 
Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's the beauty of the independent bottlers is, is it allows you to try a lot of different things that you couldn't try. And more often than not, it's actually a better deal than getting it direct. So um, we're going to be rating the Gordon and McPhail Connoisseur's Choice Bunahaba 1989, a well-deserved five sips. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Five plus. Yes. Yes. So let's move on to our next whiskey, and we're going to have Maury tell us about that one. Why, thank you, Bob. Our next whiskey is the Last Drop Signature 50-Year Blend. 50 years. 50 years. I mean, just think about think that about what's so. happened oh my, in the last Just, just years. smell your glass right now. It's gotten so much better. Oh, my gosh. That's if there's any left. Oh, that's just, just a uh, residue in the glass. 47.2% ABV, 94.4 proof. Release size was in 500 ml bottles, and even those are probably... No, the release size was 500 <laughs> bottles. Oh, that too. He just, Sorry. He just imagines stuff. I swear. It's like, I don't even buy Why do I bother writing stuff down? None of you guys This guy writes it. prescriptions. Not all yeah. fit in your large <laughs> yeah. purse. None of us are, are, are going to read what you write in. Nonetheless, anyway. you can't afford it. That would explain you why my breasts are sensitive for that last thing he gave me. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been crying a lot. I don't. I think he gave me the wrong. The hormones. least expensive bottle of Last Drop I ever sold was twenty five hundred bucks. This has got to be way more. We than this. have been fortunate to have featured several past releases from or form, if you're Bob, the Last Drop on the show before. Last Drop Distillers was founded by James Epsey, Tom Jago, and Peter Fleck, three men with well over. 100 years of combined experience in the whiskey industry. After many years in the business, these gentlemen, and I use the term loosely, Brent, decided to turn their attention to something a little different and created one last unique brand, the Last Drop Distillers. The Last Drop was established to seek out hidden parcels of old whiskeys and then bring them to the true whiskey connoisseur. Created by master blender Colin J.P. Scott, this release is the Last Drop's inaugural signature blend, marking their first foray into the creation as well as the curation of remarkable spirits. Colin Scott joined the Last Drop as their master blender after a long and distinguished career at Chivas Brothers, where as master blender he created the iconic Chivas Regal 18-year-old alongside the original founders of the last drop colin scott and used his knowledge to experience in blending to select from casks of malts grains and aged blends from the last drops inventory to blend together a truly remarkable 50 year old signature blend there's a problem the prepositions there but i'll give it to you yeah so uh, this is a, a really pretty remarkable whiskey. I would say the color is a pale gold on the nose. There was definitely some pepper and spice, some apples and a- dried apricots. There was even some floral notes and almonds and hints of oak. On the palate, I remember these were very tiny samples, but it was just ethereal. It was just heaven. Uh, you've got some sweetness. You've got some spice of the apples, spring flowers, almonds, licorice, toffee, and a finish that just didn't quit. Um, I suspect this unicorn will be virtually impossible to find. And I suspect that you'll need to take out a mortgage if you uh, wanted to acquire one. But if you can try one or bum a dram off of a friend... I would highly encourage it. Oh, definitely. I mean, this. I think. I mean, every single thing we've had from the last Optus release, 
last drop it's been pretty incredible very incredible and unique like what they've been able to do is james is is take the stuff that's been found you know i mean i don't even know how they find i don't even know how they go about finding some of this stuff and uh dogs they probably have dogs this is the one that came out with back in 2011 this is their first 50-year blend. I tasted this in 2011 with James Espy. Back 10 years ago, this is $2,500 a bottle. I don't think you're going to find this less than five grand, at least. Different blend. It says inaugural. The inaugural means this is the first one. Yeah. This well, is I, it. I don't know about that, because it just came out. Or they're re-releasing it. They must be. Dude. This, this, it's, inaugural means the original blend, right? Yeah. I mean, I, this, this, it's these, just... these barrels predate World War II. I don't want to tell you. I mean, dude, this, this is these this are is just delicious. Just I mean, it's. I don't know if they predate World War II, but they right, predate Kojak. They they found Kojak. one barrel that was way over fifty. The fifty is the youngest in this. Correct. We don't know how much is in here of the older stocks. Well, even the youngest is fifty, so that gives you some idea of how, how good it is. This is so amazing. I mean, I don't know if you have enough words to describe how nice this is. But it's just sweet and delicate, and it's like, very I delicate. Mean, I, I mean, like you, that description is delicate. Yeah, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't think something that was fifty years old. You'd think it would be like woody and almost undrinkable or something like not, that. Not true. And this is a fifty-year-old bourbon. That would be true. But in Scotland, with the cold, damp, dark right, right. warehouses, I think that um, it's a different ball game. And they've proved that it's worth it. You know, yeah. they found they went out and found some stuff that was well worthy of of putting in a bottle at that age. So my first taste of this was in 2011 with James, and uh, he poured some for me. And I we were it was late at night. And I went home afterwards. I had left my glass in the back room of the store. Came back the next morning, or like sometime the next afternoon. I had somebody else open the store, and. Uh, the back room smelled like this this whiskey. It was just the residue in the glass. It's just oily and heavy and but on the palate it's ethereal. It's amazing. I I've never had anything else like this. Bring me more, Bob. Bigger well, samples. Thank you again to Rebecca for sending yeah. some samples on this. She's always been very kind in sharing all their new releases with us. And we've had some amazing stuff in last drop over the years. The 1980 Buffalo Trace, that one was was definitely, that was a treat. Uh, the 76 overproof Jamaican rum that they did, that 1959 cognac. Um, I mean, we've I had some amazing stuff. Cognac, frankly. And then the, um, I got to share a dram with her of the uh, Tawny Port that they have from 1870. And when she told me 1870, I corrected her and I said, no, I think you mean 1970. And she said, no, 1870. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but yeah, this, I mean, what more can you say about this? This whiskey is fantastic. 500 bottles made. It's just, I mean, it's like candy in a glass. It's just got everything going for it on the nose. It's got everything going for it on the palate. Mm. I mean, this is one of those rare ones you can just, you can't point at it and find a single flaw other than the fact that I don't have a, lot more of it 
Um, yeah, the, the flaw yeah. is we can't afford anymore. Yeah, right. and and you know I there I understand it because there's very little that's that good. So uh, we're going to be rating the last job fit, signature fifty year blend, um, extremely well deserved five sips. Oh my goodness! So we're going to be going to our last whiskey, and we're going to have Harm tell us about that one. Well, thanks, Bob. Uh, the last whiskey is the opposite of a of a fifty year old whiskey. This is something very young and very new, just new to the market this year, twenty twenty one. It's the Lagavulin Offerman Edition Guinness Cask Finish. This is the fifth collaboration with Lagavulin and TV's Nick Offerman. The fifth? I thought it was only the second. Fifth. Really. It's the second one I've seen in, in Florida. Well, maybe uh, if you were nicer to people, then the rep might bring you the other three. I bet you they don't bring them to Florida. That's the thing. We're the redheaded stepchild of the whiskey industry, apparently. You Thank God for this You don't show. have red hair. Yeah. You're definitely a stepchild, though. Definitely a stepchild. So this is with uh, <laughs> Nick, the famous uh, stand-up comedian Nick Offerman, who uh, plays, uh, what's his name on Parks and Rec? I don't think he does stand-up comedy. He's an actor. No, he does stand-up, too. He's on Parks and Recreation. He he does stand-up. He does Parks and Recreation. He's a loggable and drinker in real life, and he drinks it on the show. And they've been. this is the fifth collaboration with him. This is an 11-year-old, and they did this for Father's Day. It's um, finished in, in Guinness barrels for four months. So Guinness beer barrels. At the Open Gate Brewery in Maryland, 46% ABV, 92 proof. The color is a, a dark amber and on the nose. Of course, it's got that Lagavulin smoke, but without the medicinal qualities of some Lagavulin, it goes very phenol heavy like like uh, in the laboratory. This is less phenol and more chocolate. So deep smoke, chocolate, and on the palate, it was creamy. Mm. Creamy with sweet undertones, lots of toast, lots of smoke, a little chili pepper on the finish. Long and interesting and lovely. I enjoy this one. I actually like this one better than the uh, the first one I tasted. So uh, this is, again, the Guinness edition of the Lagavulin. Bob, what'd you think? I thought it was lovely. It, it really, you know, it's true to being a Lagavulin. Um, they didn't tone it down any to do this. This uh, all the this pizza there. Yeah, it's all there, and just you get the undertones of it. You get the undertones of the Guinness. I get a little bit on the nose. Um, I definitely get it on the back palate. Um, I get that 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 Guinness creaminess, um, but it doesn't. You know, there's not too much. You know, I look. It's like anything else. I want I want my Lagavulin to taste like Lagavulin. I want my Glenmorangie to taste like Glenmorangie. The cask is secondary, and that's just to sort of elevate it and fill in the holes. I don't want it to take over. And this does not in any way, shape, or form take over. In fact, it's a little muted. Um, I think with air, the, the more Guinness comes out. Yeah, the longer it's been sitting in the glass, the more I'm getting out of it. But uh, I don't think I'd want any more you know, Guinness finish on it. I don't think I'd want it to be more pronounced because it'd take away from the Lagavulin. <laughs> yeah, I like it again. It's fine, but it ain't Lagavulin. So, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was really, really nice. Um, it was definitely, I mean, if you're a Lagavulin drinker, it's definitely a departure from a standard Lagavulin. Um, it's it's definitely less sharp than than the oh yeah Lagavulin. oh yeah it's definitely it's 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 very very different from 
you know, everything in their core line for sure. Um, but the characters there, the backbones there, you know, it's Lagavulin. So what'd you guys think? Well, let me tell you the first time I smelt this, I thought I was at a, at a Guinness keg party at a bonfire because I thought they, on the, on the nose, both of them came out immensely, the Guinness and the, and the smoke. And I know Lagavulin's known for its smoke. I mean, that's, that's what they're known for. And that's why we got it for you, my and friend. That, right. And if you don't like smoke, <laughs> then you don't, I mean, just avoid the Lagavulin. But I mean, it's when, when I put it on the palate, I kind of was overwhelmed with the, uh, with the smoke of it. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't think it was balanced enough for me with the Guinness finish and stuff to it. Maureen? You know, I, um, I agree with little bits of what everybody said. Nice whiskey. I love the, the Guinness influence. Definitely not for the faint of heart. Definitely a lot of smoke. I found a lot of the smoke blew off with time. I liked it. Well, we're going to be giving the Offerman edition Guinness cast finish. Well-deserved. Four sips. That's classified. Justin didn't even get to time chime in or anything. If you're a smoke person. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, if you're a smoke person. Well, that's all the time we have today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch all of our episodes where you found this one, as well as on terrestrial and satellite radio across the U.S. and Canada. Google Play, iHeart, CBS Radio, Radio.com, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much any place you can listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find this phone on the show on your phone is to ask Alexa, Siri, Google, or whoever the person is talking back to you on your phone to play podcasts, sip, suds, and smokes. We'll have your feedback. You can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com and our daily tasting notes float on Twitter each day at sipsudsmoke and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You can also inter- interact with the other fans on that social media platform. You can also check us out on Instagram at sipsudsandsmokes or at Bob. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening. It's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank our co-host for joining us today. Thank you, Brent. You know, while I'm a bourbon drinker, this just goes, a show like this just goes to show that not all scotch is bad. You know, it can't be good. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. I'm speechless after that last comment. Aren't we all? Thank you, Justin. Thank you so much, Bob. <sighs> I swear. Thank you, Harm. Thanks, Bob. Not all scotch is good, and life's too short to drink the bad ones. <laughs> well, well, thank our co-host for joining us today, and this is Made Man Bob. Thank you for joining us. Remember, life is too short to drink bad whiskey. Fortunately, we didn't have to do that today. Oh, Not man. at all. Well, you know, maybe that smoky stuff. <laughs> I see you clutching that Buna Hobbin pretty tight. Look a villain, you know. Wig a villain. (laughs) Like a villain. (laughs) Like a villain. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. 